Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Have you gotten wrong with What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker and Patrick Brown coming to you not from Vanderbilt. We are coming to you from a, a hotel not far from there because Vanderbilt's press box closes a bit earlier than most. Uh, but nonetheless, we are discussing something I think Tennessee fans will be very happy about. The 10th-ranked Vols 56 to nothing win at Vanderbilt to cap the regular season. First 10-win regular season for Tennessee since uh, 2003, I believe. First 10-win season of any kind since 2007. Uh, and i got to tell you, Patrick, it, it is as painful as last weekend was for Tennessee. This response uh, against Vanderbilt tonight, regardless of the level of competition, Vanderbilt has won its past two games. It has done some good things. Nonetheless, not a great team. But Tennessee, without several of its best players, uh, a list that starts with Hendon Hooker but does not include only Hendon Hooker. There were Cedric Tillman was out, Brew McCoy was out. Uh, a lot of guys up front, three or four offensive linemen, get hurt during the game. Tennessee still takes care of business and I think answers a, a pretty pretty big question in a pretty big way. Yeah, Wes, it, it was uh, – there's nothing Tennessee can do about what happened to South Carolina. That, that's in the past. Uh, we can wonder what if for however long we need to. It, it may ultimately not even matter. I mean, if, if uh, TCU wins out, if USC wins out, Tennessee might not have made the playoff even if it had beaten South Carolina. Uh, I know some may not think that, some may not believe that, but that could turn out to be the case. But – um, this was the perfect response in, in a lot of ways for Tennessee. We'll start on the defense. You give up 63 points. You've had people ripping you all week, and, and you kind of deserved it. Yeah, you, played, you deserved every bit of it. You, you played very poorly in that game, um, and, and you deserved all the criticism that you got, whether you were Tim Banks or whether you were the guys on the field. Um, for them to come out and, and play with so much more energy, you could tell right from the start, more energy, more juice. Uh, they played harder. They, they were sharper. They were more focused. Um, they had those things that were there, and, and they got back to playing – uh, closer to what um, they, they've been at when they've played at their best some, some this season. So uh, the offense was uh, – they didn't have in and hooker. We'll put it that way. Um, you know, I'm not going to get too critical of Joe Milton because it was pretty miserable weather conditions, to be honest. It rained from the start of the game to the end of it. Right, not, not conducive for the, the, the kind of passing that, that he's going to uh, – uh, the kind of passing game that he's going to lead with with his arm, he, he's you know he's still got to work on the touch. We know that, we knew that coming in. Um, and then they got the special teams involved too with, with D. Williams as you know as the punt return touchdown. Great celebration at the end. He's not hurt. It was a fake injury, uh, something he'd been working on for a while. Um, and then he and, and Squirrel White both had a couple of other good returns that got Tennessee in good field position. Um, and then he also made the play on on, on the fake punt, which might have been Vanderbilt's longest gain of the night, which is saying something about how def- uh, Tennessee played on defense. And then, you know, they got the running game going in, in the second half. And uh, for all the guys that didn't play uh, in this game on offense, defense, some of the injuries that they lost during the game, early in the game, um, you know, it was a, a really good response to go out and, and beat a team that was playing for a bowl game, a team that had beaten Florida, beaten Kentucky, 
Um, and Tennessee goes out there and takes them to the woodshed and, and does what Tennessee should do to Vanderbilt. It is what Tennessee should do to Vanderbilt, but, but it's the kind of thing that, you know, you wondered, and, it, and it's fair to wonder. And I, I think two things simultaneously here, and I think both of them are fair. It was absolutely fair for Josh Heupel to come out after the game and say what he did about people questioning the culture within the Tennessee football program. They answered that question authoritatively. They answered it uh, with style. They answered it in a big way. However, those questions were fair, and I think that's the second part. After what happened to Tennessee last week, and and again, in credit to South Carolina, uh, for the second season in a row, the Gamecocks have been trashed to start the season, and then they've gotten better as the season's gone on. But they did go out there and beat Clemson. Uh, you know, that, that's a, in Clemson, that's that, that's a big win for those guys. And I think it 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 doesn't soften what happened to Tennessee uh, the week before, but it does perhaps put it in a different context. Nonetheless, it was fair when South Carolina scored a touchdown on every single possession except for the 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 kneel downs at the end of both halves. It was fair to question whether a Tennessee team that um, had had such good vibes, what went wrong. Uh, Jeremy Banks was not there. There are lots of rumors that we don't need to get into because we deal in facts here when it comes to things like that. But Jeremy Banks was back this week, and and this was a Vanderbilt offense that is a much better fit stylistically for Tennessee, uh, especially in the rain. You know, it's not a team that throws the ball very well. It's a team that likes to run the football in Tennessee most of the time pretty good at stopping that. Uh, So I think that it's a better matchup for Tennessee. Jeremy Banks was back there in the middle of it to help them in some ways. Um, But the questions about the culture, I think, when you look at what happened last week, are fair. And I think it's fair for Tennessee to come out here afterwards, run its mouth, and say, hey, you shouldn't have questioned our culture. I think both of those things are true. Yeah, Wes, I I think it's it's an example of the competitive spirit that, that Josh Heupel has that sometimes gets overlooked. Like we always talk about this guy, and he seems very regular in a lot of ways, which is different from some of the, the Tennessee coaches that, that we've covered in the past. Regular Joe. Um, seems like a regular guy, just likes to coach football and hang out with his family. But he gets pissed off. This is like the most um, – you go back to the Missouri game, you know, running up the score on Missouri. Well, because Eli Drinkwitz was running his mouth back in the summer. He wasn't necessarily running his mouth at you. I mean, he was taking shots at your program, even if it was the former staff and the former coach. And I believe behind the, the scenes in recruiting, and, too. And the former coach's wife. Yeah, I mean, um, and, and I'm sure he, I don't, I, you know, I doubt he was watching the uh, ranking show the other night. That's probably what he was directed at. Uh, it was Kirk Herbstreit talking about how Tennessee was, I think it was fighting in the locker room was, was the exact quote. Um, and, and there were probably people in Tennessee's fan base that, you know, this is going to sound critical, but this fan base likes drama, right? I mean, I think we've we've been around long enough, Wes. You and I can say it, that. It's gotten used it, to it, I think, it and it's a part not, of the culture it now. It maybe doesn't like it. Maybe that's the wrong word, but they, they almost come to expect it. Um, and so when something happens like this Jeremy Banks stuff, I don't think there was an altercation. I don't think there was a fight. I think it was a disagreement was what I was. It was what I believe it was. Uh, and it was not that was not the only reason Jeremy Banks did not make the trip to South Carolina. There were other factors. He was not handling his business. Um, but even then, you know, with some players we talked to early in the week kind of downplayed any locker room divide or cultural issue. Um, and to me, the way they played last week, wasn't necessarily a, a locker room issue. It was a, we thought we were going to come in here and it would be easy. And then it wasn't. And then we didn't respond. I hit in the mouth and they didn't handle it right. And they didn't play well. They're, you know, 
you know, the defense, you look at some of the mistakes they made. South Carolina made a lot of plays in that game, but there were a lot of things that Tennessee, done, Tennessee did that was just dumb, stupid things they haven't done all and season. And got them going, gave them confidence. Right. They thought it would be easy, um, and, and they just they assumed South Carolina would lay down. We heard multiple players say that during the week. Uh, had some players, even tonight, Wesley Walker after the game, saying we just didn't have our regular juice. They probably thought they didn't need it. Um, but, I, you know, it, it's – it was really defiant of Josh Heibel to come out after the game and, and throw some barbs back at, at Herb Street and whoever else he was directing that to. And, and Herb Street wasn't the only one that picked Vanderbilt to win this game. Pat Forty jumped in, jumped on the bandwagon too. There were a lot of people dancing on Tennessee's grave this week, um, which and is a lot odd. Of people who some people who really just kind of like to do it. it. Well, I mean, yeah, and it's you know it's 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 odd because this program has for so long given you a reason to make fun of it, and now that they're good and have a likable team. It's like, why are you celebrating their demise? You know, it's just a little old irrelevant Tennessee. Well, now they're relevant and you don't like it. So you, when they have a face plan or a bad night, you revel in it. It's the same reason why, oh, you know, you lose to, by 14 to Georgia and it's the same as losing 49 to 3 like Oregon. I mean, it's just dumb stuff like that. That For some reason, people, for some piece, for some reason, people have made this program an easy target. Well, I mean, even, I, I, think, even though, I, I think hashtag Vol Twitter plays a pretty significant role. Yeah, in but that. You, if you're a professional and you're on some of these places, you can't. Let but we're that, all human. We're all human, man. Whatever. Um, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's just some like, and then like, did they run the score up? And then I mean, nobody got mad at Ole Miss fans for throwing stuff on the field the other night. Like, um, whatever. We're getting off topic here, but oh, I think it's still um, sort of on the topic. Yeah, I mean the, the the culture of this program, Josh Heupel made clear was fine after the game was fine. It was never an issue, and I think the way they came back and played, um, even with all these guys out, even with in a rainstorm, even in a stadium that you walk in and it's easy to be like, you know, this. What are we doing here? Right, like you know, it's easy to to come here and and feel like you can just show up and win, and, and Tennessee took care of business like it needed to, and. Um, and I think this win was important. We said this on this podcast last week at, in the aftermath of trying to figure out what the hell happened. Like that, this they couldn't let this thing spiral some more, and they definitely didn't. And that's a credit to what Josh Heupel's built. That's a credit to what this team has done. This team's leaders have done. Um, and, and you know, for them to sort of reset, refocus, come out and play the way they did it was a perfect response. It doesn't change anything. Um, but it, it was no less than what was required for Tennessee to uh, to put that one behind them and get to ten wins, and and we'll see. Uh, they, I think they're in pretty good shape to get to a New Year Six Bowl if some things fall uh, their way next weekend. They definitely are, and we'll talk about that a little bit in the second segment. Obviously, we we'll have Monday that podcast and some other times to talk about that. I, I do think though we can talk a little bit about it in the second segment. I think we should wrap up the first segment by talking a little bit more about Joe Milton. And, and I know some of y'all listening to this were probably at the game. More of you were not than were, but um, there weren't a lot of Vanderbilt fans there. I can tell you that that was like eighty percent maybe Tennessee fans. It was uh, as exaggerated as as I've seen it even in that stadium. It was very very pronounced. Uh, you felt like you were at sort of you know a very compact Neyland Stadium that's what it felt like for Neyland a lot of West. game yeah basically it was and 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 but I think the way that Joe Milton went out there hit that throw early to Jalen Hyatt for the big touch or for the should have been a touchdown but it but it wasn't got down to like the three or four he missed some throws later in the game the weather though for people who weren't there my point was that was not a good throw the football kind of weather the wind was not bad the rain was all I mean, it, it, it was a constant stream, sometimes a downpour, 
throughout the entirety of that game. It never let up. It never slowed down. Every time I looked up in the lights, you could see the rain coming down. Uh, the ball was wet. Tennessee goes fast, so they don't get to really dry off the ball like you do sometimes with teams who huddle. The rest can go in there and dry it off. That's not happening for Tennessee. They're getting up and going. It was not throw the football weather. Uh, and as the game progressed, I think the throws kind of, in some cases, got a little bit worse. Uh, you know, Ramel Keaton could have made a big play down the sideline. Maybe Princeton Fant could have made a catch or extended himself over the middle a little bit better. Bottom line was Joe Milton took care of the football in a game that was big for him, big for this team. And, and if Tennessee had needed more throws, I, who knows what would have happened. But he did more than what was required to win the game. He got the win as a starter. And I think he did more good than bad in that game. Yeah, definitely. I think taking care of the football was was is the number one point. I think Josh Heupel pointed that out after the game that the weather conditions make that a premium because that's an easy, uh, you know, even better Tennessee quarterbacks than Joe Milton have had woes in the rain. Um, I can still recall that 2002 Florida Tennessee game where they couldn't even snap the ball. Wet ball drill. Wet ball um, drill. To, well, that would have been a hashtag if Twitter for, had been for, a thing then. I think 14-year-old me could not comprehend how Tennessee could not snap the football that day sitting in the stands. But um, I, I, I think, um, yeah, I, look, the overthrow thing, um, you know, he's got this name, Overthrow Joe. I, he's just got to put more air on the ball. They've worked on touch with him. Um, and, and he's had some good touch throws all season long, right? I mean, he's had almost like one bomb every time he gets in, into these late games. Um, so I, I don't know if it's – uh, if it's a rhythm thing, I don't know if he, he just gets excited. Uh, I don't know if he just, you know, those are low percentage throws anyway, and they're low percentage throws when you're playing in a rainstorm. And, 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 so, and they're low percentage throws that Hendon Hooker made look like higher percentage throws because he hit a stupid well, number of them. And Hendon Hooker, I mean, they, they their, their downfield passing game struggled against South Carolina last week too. So let's not, you know, Hendon Hooker wasn't, you know, he's not like he was hitting 25 or 30 throws 20 yards downfield. So um, he's got to work on that. Um, obviously continue to work on that. There was like no intermediate passing game. Um, and, and there even wasn't a quick passing game. Uh, like it, it didn't feel like they did a lot of stuff to the side. You know, some of those quick throws to the perimeter that, that hooker was, was so good at getting the ball out there fast if they had a numbers advantage and things like that. So, um, th- there are some things that I think Tennessee staff, uh, we're assuming of course, Milton is the guy moving forward, not just for whatever bowl they're in, but also for next season, the guy to beat. Uh, he's he, he's going to be the favorite at least, and so you know, give this staff an off off season to work with them. We see what they did with Hooker. Um, there's obviously a lot to work with with Milton. They've got to work on on making him uh, a little bit sharper uh, on some of those intermediate throws. He doesn't have to throw yeah. them 105 just miles chill an hour, bit, Joe. Just chill, right? Um, and you know they they just need to sort of expand his passing arsenal where it's not just nine routes go routes all the time and you hope he throws them on an arc and not flatter like we saw some of these tonight yeah the last thing i'll say before we go to break about joe milton is that i i think i don't want to say alarming is not the right word um i i think that it's it's interesting that's a really vague word but but the disconnect or the difference between the way joe milton is talked about inside that building and outside of that building is as different as I can ever remember with a player because the players and the coaches in that program believe in Joe Milton. Well, they, he, they are with him every day. They work with him every day. And they absolutely, unreservedly believe in that guy. He yeah. was the guy last season that was picked 
to be the starting quarterback of this team. And no one in the program, even at the time, even in hindsight, has has said that wasn't the right decision. Right. This it's is low, guy, it's low hanging fruit to be like, oh well, they they botched that and got lucky and into Hooker. And they didn't know Hooker would do that. But Joe Milton won that yes. competition, and I don't think it was particularly close. I, 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 I I'll put it this way. I have no idea how good Joe Milton can be as a quarterback. I am really excited to watch him try to do that. I think there are just everything that is wrong. The the things that are little flaws in his game, we all know those throws, just take a bit off of it. Just let the guy play a little bit. Let's see what happens. I, I think if you just you forget that he didn't have that much time last year. Well, he, he, he hurt his knee. He had a couple games. He hurt his knee. It was his ankle. And, his ankle. I'm sorry. He and, and he 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 you know t- had a torn ligament or two in there. It was it was not pretty. Um, but then Hendon Hooker gets the job, and the rest is history. And but people act like there was like a full season of watching Joe Milton do what he did. He it was not. It was like two and a half games. I, I don't that. even I don't even know if he has a full season's worth of pass attempts in his career. Yes. Uh, his detractors say, well, he's this is going to be his fifth, sixth year. He is what he is. Like he hasn't played that much. Yes. He's been in the program, but it's different when you uh, when you play. So, um, and again, a lot of people said again, a lot of things about Hendon Hooker before he became Tennessee starting quarterback, and and a lot of those people look very very stupid in hindsight. Just look at the look at the jump Hooker made. I mean, he was great last season, but he was on a different level this season. And you know, give Milton a full off season to work with the staff. Give the staff a full off season to work with him and and build their offense around what he can do and, and and we'll see. Yeah, I just I think it's interesting though I don't think people want him to fail, but I think a lot of people are so convinced that he will fail that they can't no, nothing else, no other thoughts come into their mind about him. There's just such a negative feeling because of like a dozen missed throws over the course of his career early last season that people just And the old miss game. Yeah, no, there's no question. In the end of the Ole Miss game, he runs out of bounds again. He's got torn ligaments in his ankle. I am not defending Joe Milton. I am saying let's see what the guy can actually do because he might be really damn good. He might not be, but he might be really good. <laughs> and, and we don't this, know. This flies in the face of like the society, but like don't let's not go crazy on a on a on a rainy cold night at Vanderbilt Stadium. Very true. What do they say in English? Uh, English football. See what you can do on a cold night in Stoke or whatever. But uh, yeah, no, th- there's a lot more to discuss about this, but we need to go to break. We're a little bit slightly overdue for a break. We also need to talk about what this means for Tennessee moving forward, because it might mean a lot. Let's just wait and see what happens, because I, I think we're all pretty convinced Tennessee's not going to be a college football playoff team. Um Almost convinced that's not going to happen. I think Alabama's going to get in West, but but uh, some weirder things in the in, in the past have <laughs> happened. So let's 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 take stock of where things are after we come back from a break because we do need to discuss it, but we also need to go to break. So let's go pay some bills, listen to product services, uh, in house ads, etc., and then we'll be right back here on the Go Vols twenty four seven podcast hashtag ad. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. 
For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker and Patrick Brown coming to you from our hotel in the Nashville area because the press box at uh, First Bank Stadium is closed. Nonetheless, we are here to discuss what happened just a couple miles away, which was Tennessee's 56 to nothing win over Vanderbilt, the 10th ranked Vols taking care of business in a big way. Uh, the, the first start of the season for, for Joe Milton III, uh, and without uh, two of Tennessee's uh, best offensive players around him, uh, he goes out there, and uh, he and the offensive line, I should say, and the running backs, they get it done. Tennessee did a lot of things well in that game, and, and it means a lot for this program in a lot of ways, and we're going to discuss those things. After uh, you, you give us just a second here, guys, just a second here to, to make a quick request. If you could take about a minute out of your day, let's say 60 seconds, 75 seconds, 90 seconds tops, go in there and rate and review this podcast. And most importantly, subscribe to this podcast. We would appreciate that quite a bit. If you're just listening on the website there, govals247.com, we love you. Nothing wrong with that. No wrong way to consume this podcast. What helps us out the most, though, is if you go in there, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast the fine pod. You can find this GoVols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free. We're happy to do it. It's a labor of love. Very, very few complaints from our end. Uh, however, uh, since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to go in there, rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Tell people you see at church. Tell people you see walking the dog. Tell people you see walking around town. Tell people you see wherever you see them. If you see them wearing orange, say, hey, you're a Tennessee fan. I'm a Tennessee fan. Maybe you should listen to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. That could be your new best friend. That could be your, your, next, that could be your spouse. That could be uh, the owner of a huge company who gives you a lot of money for a job, and all of a sudden in a year or two, you're like a multimillionaire. You never know. Pay it forward. Karma. Please rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. If you're doing all that stuff, thank you. We love you. And if not... I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Patrick, back to the business at hand. This win, certainly Tennessee comes into this, this game ranked 10th in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, three teams ahead of Tennessee, or four teams, I guess, ahead of Tennessee have 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 lost three of them. Oh, Ohio State, Ohio State, yes. So, so Tennessee would be a cinch to move up to at least seventh this week in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, again, it makes you wonder, and there's no way to avoid it. What would have happened if Tennessee had taken care of business in Columbia, South Carolina? But it didn't happen. You got to move on. You got to move past that. Tennessee now, I think you could make a very very, very good argument for Tennessee being anywhere between five and seven in those rankings. I think it'll probably be seven. I guess it could be six. 
Uh, I would be surprised if it's better than that. Um, but you're talking about Ohio State and Alabama and Tennessee in some order as those three teams who will go into the final weekend believing there is still a prayer that they can sneak into this. We know the top four, what they're going to be. Don't know the order. It's going to be Georgia, Michigan, and it's going to be TCU and USC. Those are going to be the top four. Don't know in what order. They could move Michigan to one. I doubt they will. Um, But those are going to be the top four. USC plays next week. TCU plays next week. Uh, Obviously, Michigan plays next week. A lot of things are going to happen. But the bottom line is this win does not guarantee that Tennessee is going to at least a New Year's Six playoff game. We'll talk about that in a second. But it just helps everything in terms of positioning for the postseason. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee's not going to the playoff. Um, I think we know that. Uh, it, it, it's bizarre to me that people are trying to find a path for Alabama. I think that's total crap. Um, and, and the question to me with, with, with Tennessee and, and maybe the playoff too is how far does Ohio State drop? I mean, Ohio State got – be pretty good today. I don't think they'll drop them lower than five because their name is Ohio State. Correct. Uh, it's the same reason for Alabama. I'm not so, saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying I think it's what. Well, they're I'm saying do. it's wrong, but we all know the deal here. Uh, we all know that Alabama and, and Ohio State are are what you know they get some name recognition. Benefit of the It doubt. doesn't matter what their resume is, which Ohio State doesn't have one because what's their best win? Penn State. Yeah. And what's Notre, Alabama's Notre, best win? Notre Dame lost tonight. Alabama doesn't have a best win. Alabama's the top line of Alabama's resume is we only lost to LSU and Tennessee on the road on the final play, mm-hmm. which means you don't have a good resume. Uh, if you took the name off the jersey, they wouldn't be seven or whatever they were, six, whatever, whatever they were. Um, so I mean, if you're, but if if you're a Tennessee fan, you need to just understand it's it is what it is. Um, Set your expectations at the floor, and that way. Uh, you know, if anything better than the worst happens, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> the committee might not remember it, but you definitely do remember that Tennessee beat Alabama 52-49 at Neon Stadium on October 15th. Despite giving Bama seven points. Right. I mean, we all you know, we all saw it. Maybe the committee that supposedly watches all these games didn't see it because they don't apparently care. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's – you know, you're in the top ten, which is a great place to be if you're, if you're Tennessee. Now, you wish you were in the top four, but um, – you know, in terms of the New Year six, we'll see. But uh, you know, this was this was a good win for Tennessee in, in any way you cut it. It was a really good all around performance. All three phases played really well, um, and, and it, it stops any sort of spiral or, or bigger or bigger issue before it got started after what happened at South Carolina. Yeah, and I think the three bowls that Tennessee is looking at now, the most likely ones. I'm not going to give you an order, but I. You know, I'll give you an order. I think the most likely might be orange, well, I, sugar, cotton. Why don't, why don't we explain it for the people? Go ahead. Why don't we explain you, it to you? These? I want you to explain this because I think you might explain it better than I would. Why don't we explain it to, like, we're, we're podcasting to a bunch of five-year-olds. That's an office reference. Yes. If you know it, bless you. If you don't, you're, Ryan Callahan. you're basically Ryan Callahan. Yeah. So you need to evaluate some things in your life. The New Year's Six games are, two of them are playoff games. The other four are the higher profile bowls. They're, they're called the New Year's Six because two of them host the semifinals on a rotating basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones that don't host have tie-ins to basically conference champions of the Power Five uh, or the next highest, the highest-ranked non-playoff team, if that makes sense. And then there's the, group, the highest-ranked group of five champion gets one, two. Mm-hmm. So from Tennessee's standpoint, this year with the Peach and the Fiesta 
hosting playoff games. The Sugar gets the non the, the non playoff SEC team that's the highest ranked team. That's probably the first, Alabama could be Tennessee. That's the first one. Then there's the Orange Bowl. The Orange Bowl has the ACC champion, or again, it'll be the ACC champion because no ACC ain't getting the playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, or and it'll be the next highest ranked SEC or Big Ten team. Notre Dame's in there too, but Notre Dame's not a factor. So that that's I think the Orange Bowl is going to be the most popular one. I think that was put on the table back for Tennessee based on on LSU losing tonight at Texas A&M. Shout out to the Tigers for face planting. Are people going to be dancing on their grave? I guess they got to play the SEC championship game. Maybe maybe they're waiting for Georgia to eviscerate them. Yeah, well, well, you've also got Jimbo's going to make about another thirty five hundred million dollars <laughs> after this one. Uh, and then the Cotton Bowl basically gets the last, um, the highest ranked team that's left over, regardless mm-hmm. of the league. Um, so, in a diff- Tennessee fans are used to like jockeying for bowl positions and bowl preferences and all that stuff. That's not a factor with this. These games are all slotted based on the the, the, the CFP rankings. Um, so there's not like, well, the sugar is going to take Tennessee over Alabama. That's not how it works. That's, that's, that's the rest of those other games. That's the citrus bowl. Maybe if Tennessee had lost, it would be in, in play. Um, so I, I think Tennessee got, uh, some good results before it played and during its game, in addition to beating Vanderbilt like a drum and that Oregon loss because Oregon was a team that could be ahead of you potentially for a cotton bowl situation. Um, and then, um, you know, it was good that they were ahead of Penn State on Tuesday night when the new rankings came out. And it's good that LSU lost because they're going to move, presumably, again, yes. you never the, know with a committee. They're, they're going to move ahead of LSU. They have they, to. I mean, they were five spots behind them after beating them by four touchdowns at their place. But, you know, here we are. Anyways, uh, if, you don't, if you can't tell, I'm not a big fan of, of, of the selection committee. I don't know what they're doing. Um, but uh, so that, that basically, Tennessee basically moved up a pecking order in the SEC, which could be important. Um, maybe Alabama does get in the playoff and Tennessee goes to the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, it, th- there are a lot of possibilities at this point. I, I, I don't think it's fair to assume Tennessee is in a New Year's Six game, but I think a lot of things, it, it would, a lot of weird things would have to happen for Tennessee to not be in it, a New Year's Six game. And if you're not excited about this Tennessee team after the past couple decades or t- past 15 years being in the Orange Bowl or the Sugar Bowl or the Cotton Bowl, then – Come on, man. Like, it, listen, you can't forget what happened last week. It, it is what it is. It's bad. It's going to hurt for a while, and it should. It should because you you need to learn lessons from that that, that will improve things later in, in, in the, the, the tenure of Josh Heupel and those guys. But it, if you would say the beginning of the year, Tennessee's going to be 10-2 and two, and Tennessee's going to play a New Year's Six game, hey, bite your arm off for that, right? I mean, you just would. Right, um, and to your point, I do think there there would have to be multiple screwy results next week for Tennessee not to get in the New Year Six. Uh, I think one would be LSU beating Georgia because I think Georgia would still go to the playoff. LSU would go to the Sugar. That would kind of bump Tennessee back down below. I'm assuming they're going to be behind Alabama again, so they would be behind those three teams. They would be the fourth SEC team in terms of trying to get into the New Year Six. Um, there's the Big Ten. I think Purdue is playing Michigan. Um, for the Big Ten it title, be a hell of a hangover. Uh, Purdue it, again. If Purdue won that game, they would go to the Rose Bowl. So they would throw a wrench into all the New Year's Six. And the Rose um, Bowl committee would basically be the angriest people in the universe. Uh, under that scenario, I think Michigan would probably still go to the playoff, um, and then Ohio State would be a factor for Tennessee's from Tennessee's standpoint. Because mm-hmm. right now, presumably, they're not. Because uh, if Michigan wins. 
they go to the playoff. Ohio State goes to the Rose Bowl. They're not a factor for Tennessee's point because the Orange Bowl can take a Big Ten team. I think it's the highest ranked of the two. I, I haven't really looked into that scenario. Um, and, and then there's the Pac-12, which uh, USC's got to play the Pac-12 championship game. I think they're going to play Washington. If Washington holds on, they're leading right now uh, against Washington State. Is it Washington State. or Utah? Uh, honestly, I'm not an expert on the Pac-12 permutations for their title game. I thought it was Washington, um, but it might be Utah. In any case, uh, if USC were to lose that game, then the winner of that game goes to the Rose Bowl, and now Tennessee could potentially be worried about USC and having to be in front of them as it pertains to the Cotton Bowl, which ultimately may not matter if uh, if the Big Ten and the SEC don't have screwy stuff going on. But I think it would take multiple screwy results um, in the championship game, particularly for the SEC and the Big Ten, for, for Tennessee to – drop out of the New Year's Six. Uh, I guess stranger things have happened, but um, I, I don't know that that would necessarily uh, – I, I, don't, I don't – we'll just have to wait and see okay. again. I, I think the scenario – we're recording this as the, the Apple Cup is going on, but I think if Washington beats Washington State, Utah goes. If Washington State beats Washington – Oregon goes. So Oregon still go? It could. It, 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 it doesn't really matter for, for Tennessee. If USC loses that game next week, you're going to uh, – it's going to depend on where they fall. If they fall behind Tennessee, um, which, again, who knows what the and committee – And, boy, the committee does not want USC to lose that game. It wants the, <laughs> it wants the presumed Heisman winner. It wants that West Coast audience. It wants badly to not have to decide between, like – maybe in Alabama, Ohio State, or Tennessee, because that gets into a very tricky, very problematic, very, very, very challenging – and for, for all the drama that the committee seems to enjoy for most of the process, it does not like drama at the end because at the end of the day, those are athletic directors who have to go to conferences and they have uh, you know committee – they have relationships with other ADs. They do not want those to be awkward decisions. They just don't. They want it to be simple. Right. Um, but but to wrap this up on the bowl, uh, I mean, Tennessee's done its job in terms of, of we knew they had to win the night to have any chance of getting into New Year's Six. Like I said, they're looking good for it. It's going to take some weird results, um, which this is a weird sport. But um, I, I don't uh, – uh, again, they, Tennessee's done their job. They're 10-2. and two. They've got two good wins in, in Alabama, LSU. Uh, their, their two losses are to Georgia on the road. Nobody, won a, nobody else would have won that day. Um, and shoot, the way South Carolina played last week, which they proved uh, against Clemson was not a fluke. But anybody beating South Carolina last week? I mean, they were on another level the way Spencer Rattler was playing. So um, South Carolina's probably going to get in the top 25. You know, maybe Could Pitt jumping back into Pitt the top maybe 25? gets back in there. Um, you know, they, they do some weird stuff at the end of those rankings sometimes, I think, to kind of like boost. Justify like, things. like they're going to keep. They, North, they want to justify, decisions. right? Like they're going to keep North Carolina in there just so they can have our top twenty-five matchup in the ACC championship game because they're playing Clemson. And North Carolina has no business being there. You just lost to Georgia Tech and you just lost to uh, NC State, and your league had your your league your best team in your league just lost South Carolina, and your second best team needed you know had to hang on at the end against Florida. So your league is not very good. There should not be any ACC teams in the back end of the top twenty-five. Uh, but Pitt could get in there eight and four. They beat Miami by a hundred tonight. So. Um, but no, I, I think wrapping this up, this was, um, this is, this is the performance Tennessee needed. Um, they were able to, to grind through some things. Um, a lot of guys out, uh, by the end of the game, they were probably down. What are we talking close to 10 starters? 
eight to ten in that had range. To be. Had to be, yeah. Um, I, I think uh, you know one of my takeaways from this game is you know Glenn Ellaby's done a great job this year. His his group had a good night tonight. Um, yep. The running backs, you know, Jalen Wright said they felt they had a really good week of practice, probably their best of the season. You saw those guys play really well and, and breaking some of those big runs. He had two of them. I mean, Samson running through the defender on his run was really, really impressive. <laughs> and, and Small made a couple guys miss on his run, and, and Jalen Wright had like a Randy Moss Thanksgiving line, like five carries, 160, and two touchdowns. Um, and, and, and a lot of guys stepped up on defense too. You know, I thought Wesley Walker was was pretty solid at safety. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that maybe you're looking at as, as maybe a building block going into next season. You're losing Trayvon Flowers, who depending on what else you do in the portal, I think there's a chance that uh, yeah, yeah I mean, you're portal, looking at him. Portal is you know you're, you're going to be going into the portal saying we have an open safety spot, which um, I'm sure I'm sure Walker would contend. But um, yeah, and we should say Trayvon Flowers has been playing really banged up. Maybe two open spots at safety. Yeah, we'll see what they do with honest. McCullough. Um, again, we're we're getting ahead of ourselves into off season roster management mode. The portal's not going to open up this week. The portal's not going to open up till next Monday. Tennessee is not going to get everyone that goes in, so don't ask us now. Yeah. <laughs> Every single time. Uh, hey, what about this guy? Guys, give us a second. We're trying to we'll, he, he let, just, let us make some calls. He went in the portal 30 seconds to go. Yeah. Give us a minute. Um, so, uh, yeah, but you know this, this program, I mean, again, and, and I wrote this in my takeaways, uh, if you would have said 10-2 and two with a New Year's Six Bowl back in July, August, I think Tennessee fans would have taken that in a, in a heartbeat. Um, and, and I think as you get further away from that South Carolina loss, you know, there, there's some negative people that are just going to dwell on it, and, and those people are who they are. But um, I, I think Tennessee fans will, will look back on the season and, and remember um, the Alabama game, the Florida game, going to LSU and, and that scene, beating Kentucky with the dark jerseys. Um, and, and they'll remember this as a season where this program kind of took, took a leap uh, a little bit because – and Heupel said this, nobody thought when they took over that they'd win two, 10 games in year two. Um, I would have told you it was the closest thing to impossible. That, right. That, I wouldn't say impossible because I never say impossible, but I would have said, like, highly improbable. Right. Um, and, and anybody who says they thought that is probably a liar, so, and you should steer clear with them. So um, good win for Tennessee tonight. We'll see where their bowl situation ends up. Um, either way, I think it's it, it's – it was really important, again, like I said earlier, it was really important Tennessee won this game to stop any sort of bleeding, spiraling, souring, any sort of changing of the narrative of what this season had been up to this, uh, really the first 10 games. I think that's a good place to leave it. And before uh, we get out of here, I will say again, thank you to everyone. Uh, I know I obviously hadn't been working uh, a lot the past couple of days. Uh, my, my son, I, I, we all have our differences in life, and some of us are public characters and private characters. I'm sort of out there. I just say things. So everyone knew that, that my son had his uh, second surgery on his kidney this week. And uh, everyone, for your thoughts and prayers and, and the good vibes and everything, thank you so much. Hoped it was the final one. It's not. Got one more to go through December 14th, uh, smaller one, and then hopefully uh, we're done with all this. But, again, uh, he, he's a tough little guy. We're getting through it. Uh, haven't slept much the past few days, um, but I would I would gladly trade that uh, for him to be healthy, and that's where it looks like things are going to be in the long. So thank you to everyone for that. Thank you, Pat, for joining us uh, for this podcast, as always, and um, we will we will see you next time. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Wes. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 
on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247, where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, You also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 